Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between. This is Straightforward with Miss B, episode 69. As we always do about this time, chill out, relax, grab your vices, whatever that may be. Um, get your sip of wine, a little whiskey, a little blunt, a little vape, whatever it is that you do uh, for your vices to help you relax. Um, definitely bring those um, items out at this moment so we can get started. As always, thank you guys for tuning in um, once again um, to this podcast. I Always appreciate you guys' support um, as we continue on with this journey. Um, one thing I'll just start off before we get into the today's topics. Um, one thing I did notice um, listening back through different podcast episodes, and I don't know if some of you also have this same um, habit or just have things about yourself that you wish you could change, um, and maybe you are working toward changing those things. For me, one of those things is definitely public speaking and me saying, um, between sentences. I absolutely hate that I have this habit. I've had this habit for a very long time. If you're face to face with me, you don't really realize it. Um, or if I'm in t uh, meetings and things of that nature, you don't really realize it at that time. But when I listen back to myself on the audio um, and on this podcast, I'm like, yeah, I wish I could stop saying um between sentences. So if, if there's anybody out there who may have taken like some speaking courses, things of that nature, definitely reach out to me. Um, if there's any good tips that you may have, I would really, really appreciate those so that I can, you know, just kind of uh, help myself out here a little bit so that I can stop saying, uh, 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 uh. And, you know, that's one of those issues as well that many people, there's like thousands of people in this world who speak that way as well, <laughs> as well. Um, it's just so annoying though, you know, it's so annoying. So I just wanted to start off with that. <laughs> and, you know, I'm not the only one that suffers with different little quirky habits that they wish they could change. So, you know, it is what it is until, you know, until I am able to finally fix that issue. Hey, you guys may continue to hear it. Okay. So don't, um, don't mind me none, all right? Okay, let's get into today's topics. There has been so many things that has been happening. I swear, first of all, the year 2024, I mean, 2023 is almost a wraps. We're about to go into 2024, and it seems as though this year kind of went by so fast, and I think because... Excuse me. I think because of, you know, when we were hit with the pandemic, the COVID pandemic, everybody was, you know, shut in, shut inside and, and felt like we were all being held captive inside of our homes. 
And then once, you know, it, the world start allowing us to go back out in the streets again at the end of what was that, 2020, 2021, you know, it seems like 2021, 22, 23, we, we all kind of just been trying to get back in the groove. And with us getting back in the groove of things, it seems like time has just quickly passed us. And now, God damn it, we, we're at 2024 pretty much. In the next couple of weeks, we will be in the year 2024. Um, so be thankful. You know, usually I'll do like this um, kind of motivational episode going into the new year. I will probably do that again this time around um, as well. Um, but, yeah, definitely, you know, if there are things that you, such as myself, bad habits that you want to stop, if you any, have any goals that you want to accomplish um, for the n- new year, definitely, you know, start writing this stuff out. Start plotting and planning um, what that is going to look like for you so that you can definitely come January 1st, you know, get a head start and, um, you know, get on the roll. Um, so I wanted to start off this podcast today. Okay, so surrounding the Megan, the Stallion, um, and singer Tory Lanez, that whole debacle, it just seems as though it's one of those never ending stories because every so many months we always come back to some new little tidbit, new piece of news, new piece of gossip surrounding this whole case. And that is what had transpired between yesterday and today. Um, today there was the release of court documents of a deposition or statement that was made, um, by, I believe Jaquan Smith. He was the driver of the vehicle the night that Megan the Stallion basically was shot. And of course, as we all learned months ago, Tory Langs was found guilty and he is serving his prison sentence um, for that case. Now, one of the people that all of us was wondering, hey, are we going to hear from this individual? Um, Because we thought that he was going to have to take the stand um, during that trial. Um, But Mr. Smith did not. Um, They basically, you know, was like, well, I think he came like on the last day or day before the last day. And they basically told him, hey, you know, before you take the stand, we would have had to um, um, make you give a deposition statement, which he had not done. So basically, I guess they felt at the time, hey, we don't necessarily need him on the stand um, to hear his side of the story. And so, hey, he he didn't have to take the stand. But now um, it has come out. Um, basically his statement. So this is the affidavit of Jaquan Smith, and I will read it to you. It's not very long. It's only about maybe three pages here. 
And this is what he deposed and stated as follows. He said, my name is Jaquan Smith. My address is, and that was redacted. I'm over the age of 18 years and old and a fully competent and fully competent to testify. I have firsthand knowledge of the facts in question that took place on July 12th, 2020. That is the basis of the above cited proceedings. I was the driver and bodyguard of Mr. Daystar Peterson, AKA Tory Lanes, on July of 2020. Mr. Peterson had been no, had had been known to me for seven years. At the time of the incident, I had worked for Mr. Peterson for three years. He has not only been my employer, but I also considered him to be a close personal friend. On July 12, 2020, I was asked to drive Mr. Peterson to the home of Kylie Jenner, where... Miss Megan Pete, a.k.a. Megan Thee Stallion, and her best friend, Kelsey Harris, were present. Mr. Peterson was at Kylie Jenner's home for approximately two hours when I received a call to come pick up Megan and Kelsey. All right, let's go to the second page. <coughs> Excuse me. Let me turn. I'm reading off my phone, so let me just turn my phone sideways to make it easier for me to read. All right. He says, Megan and Kelsey and myself left um, Kylie's house, but I was asked by Megan to return because she stated that she had forgotten the shoe. When we arrived at Kylie's home at this time, at this time, Kelsey stayed in the car while Megan exited. Megan did not enter the home at this time as she went around the back to the pool area uh, where, where Tory Lanes was located. Megan and Tory returned to the car after a few minutes. Megan was bickering, but I am unsure of the exact words she was saying. She seemed upset. The four of us then left Kylie's residence. As I began to drive, Megan started to fight with Tori. They were going back and forth. I remember Tori saying to Megan that he was going to tell Kelsey what was going on. I do not remember what street we were on, but excuse me, Megan asked me to stop the vehicle. I did as she asked, and Miss um, Miss Pete, aka Megan went to sit on a nearby bus stop. Tori went and spoke with Megan. After about two minutes, they returned to the car and I began driving again. Megan started the argument again. And Kelsey asked what was going on, Tori. I mean, what was going on? Tori told her, Tori told her that he and Megan had been dating and intimate. Now, let me just plug in real quick here. Remember, this whole argument basically, allegedly, kind of popped off because there may have been some flirting going on with Tori and Kylie Jenner while he was in the pool, you know, kicking it at Kylie's house. 
Megan saw that, and this upset her to the point to when they got in the vehicle to leave the premises, wherever they was driving to at that point, the argument kind of ensued and it, it heightened. Now, what wasn't known to Kelsey, the best friend at the time, who was who was kind of kicking it with Tori, you know, I guess they probably had been dating and possibly slept together once or twice at that point. Kelsey had no idea that Megan herself was also fucking with Tori. So let me go back to the court document and read it. So after basically Tori um, broke the news to Miss Har- to Miss Harris, who was Kelsey, um, she was upset, and then she and Tori, I mean, of course, she and Tori had been dating in the same manner um, prior to any relationship with Megan. Megan and Kelsey, at that point in the vehicle, they began to fight. All right. So the driver slash bodyguard then go on to say, I pulled over to stop them. Megan and Kelsey both got out of the vehicle and continued to fight, both verbally and physically. I broke up the fight and was pulling Megan towards the back of the car. I saw Kelsey with a gun in her hand. Let me repeat. This is what the bodyguard stated. He states on record that he saw Kelsey with a gun in her hand. Tori ran from behind Megan and myself towards Kelsey. Tori and Kelsey then at that point began struggling as Tori tried to unarm Kelsey, so he was trying to wrestle the gun away from Kelsey. I was still pulling Megan and did not see and did not see who shot the weapon. I was lucky I was not harmed, and in my opinion, Megan was also fortunate. The whole incident happened so quickly within just a couple of minutes. Right. Let me see. Go to the last page. <clears throat> I saw Kelsey with a gun in her hand. Um. Oh, that's just repeated from what what I just read. Basically, he said it all took a couple of minutes. Um. I wanted to present this evidence during Tory's trial, but was prevented from doing so as the district attorney was not ready to cross-examine me, and later they did not call me due to the holidays and the court schedule. I believe I should have been allowed to present this evidence at trial, and then this was signed, respectfully submitted on the fifth day of December 2023, Jaquan Smith. Mm, 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 mm. Now, like I was stating before, many people have been wondering about the bodyguard's side of the story. 
And now, based on, you know, based on his recollection, he has basically confirmed that Kelsey was the one with the gun. Tori then went to her trying to unarm her. And at some point in time during that process, the gun went off several times and a bullet basically ricocheted, I believe, off the ground onto um, Megan's um, foot. Well, in her foot, basically, it wasn't like a true gunshot to her foot. It was more like fragments. Bullet fragments had hit her foot, and, you know, she was um, injured. She was injured. That, many people have always kind of, like, speculated that that is what happened, you know, People who really studied the story and followed the trial knew. But the only thing about it is that even with this statement and even though Jaquan, you know, wasn't able to um, release this information at the time of the trial, many people still feel as though if Tory was innocent, um, we don't understand why he decided not to... Um, you know, not to take the stand. He didn't take the stand at tri at the trial to tell his side of the story. I think that, you know, I believe the defense attorneys that was working with him um, during the trial uh, may have not been the best defense attorneys uh, because if you know that you are not 100% guilty or, you know, guilty at all of the crime, Ain't no way in hell you will be able to tell me that I can't take the stand. I'm going to do everything in my power to plead my case. And just like they say nowadays, what's the saying? Stand on business. I would have been standing on business on that stand. Especially if if I'm looking at twenty, looking at twenty to spend ten to twenty years in prison over some shit. So it's kind of bittersweet, and it's unfortunate that the bodyguard statement is coming out now. I don't know what Tori will be able to do with this information. Um, I don't know if he has run out of appeals at this point or not. I don't. Th think so I think he may have appealed once and <clears throat> and they um denied it so I don't know if he have any more um opportunities to do so I don't necessarily see Tory spending a full 10 years in prison I don't see that at all um I'm looking at maybe probably at least three or four if that um, but with this new information, um, maybe he will have the opportunity to appeal, um, appeal this sentence and, um, yeah, let the man, you know, let the man go. He's not a hundred percent innocent. And if him struggling, trying to get the gun from Kelsey caused the gun to go off and it ended up hitting Megan. Okay. Yes. I can understand hey, I will take some accountability there. Um, however, 
you know, it was never my intention. I did not intentionally shoot Megan at all. Um, it was just definitely a mistake. And if it was a mistake, yeah, I just don't think Tori should, you know, have to spend that much time in prison. But I'm curious to know what you guys think about that situation. And to add on to that as well, <clears throat> you know, Megan and her ex-boyfriend, um, what is his name, Partisan Fontaine, I believe is his name. He's a well-known songwriter. Um, he has basically dropped a music project himself. And in um, his first song that he released, there were some things about him and Meg's past relationship that he kind of discussed. And he kind of only did that because Megan released a song called Cobra, and she released some very intimate details as well. She basically, you know, says she caught party, you know, getting his things sucked on. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and, um basically, you know, just insinuating that he was cheating. And so he kind of touched base because she said that in her song, he then kind of did a dish record, but it was a very wholesome. It was cool. I liked the, the song, um, the song that he um, chose to release as a clap back to her. Um, but yeah, it seems like this situation has uh, continued on today. Um, Megan Thee Stallion, basically, you know, because Partisan has been doing, you know, um, some press runs and in the press runs, of course, people are asking about his former relationship with Megan Thee Stallion and the cheating allegations and things of that nature. Um, Megan basically went on her live, um, to say how she felt, um, about everything and, you know, in that live, I don't have it pulled up in order to play it for you guys. But, yeah, she just basically, <sighs> to sum it up, she basically was kind of saying, how can, you know, how can he be doing these press runs about a situation? Um, You cheated on me, basically. So there really is no way to get out of that. Um, But. She's just kind of confused as to how she is supposed to be um, becoming or working on her mental health and becoming um, a new woman, you know, um, getting away from all of the negative things that she would do in her life because she didn't love herself like drinking um, and things of that nature. Um, she feels as though with him basically, you know, stating how he feels and what happened in the relationship from his vantage point. Um, she feels as though, you know, she, she just feels as though it's absurd, um, that the negative energy just continually, um, continuously try to pull her in, which I don't think that is the case. I think party basically is just like, Hey, I'm a musician as well. I'm an artist as well. I am a writer. I put my, you know, my feelings and my thoughts and things that happened in my life, you know, I put them on record as well. You're not the only artist, you know, that was in this relationship, this former relationship. So 
from that viewpoint, with him being an artist and a writer, he should have the opportunity um, to express himself through his music the same way that she's allowed to express herself through her music. Now, if things come up and, you know, T get released and about whatever the situation was that happened between them two, oh, well, that's just part of what artistic expression is about. You know, sometimes you do re- reveal things that may have happened to you in your life and during relationships that only you two knew about. But as an artist, you know, you may feel compelled to just put it on record. And he, you know, he's allowed to have that opportunity. What I think is the case is that parties doing the press runs, then Kelsey basically, um, not Kelsey, then the uh, court documents from the, you know, the bodyguard statement come out as well. All of this is coming out in the same day. And Megan basically is, you know, probably checking in on the internet, looking, looking at her, her, um, her social media feeds and seeing all of these headlines going around that she's feel like, again, she's being attacked. So what do people who definitely like to play the victim do? Um, in her case, these young people, they go to Instagram live and basically try to refute the claims and uh, play the victim, and that's exactly what she did. Um, am I saying that Megan Thee Stallion, um, should we not feel sorry for her? Of course. You know, as a woman, we should have, you know, me, myself, yeah. You know, I can be empathetic to others um, and compassionate to others. That's not the problem there. However, like I said, even as a woman as well, if I had an ex-partner who was a rapper just like me and who puts out music just like me, I can't really be mad at him doing what he got to do to help sell records. I, I just can't be a hater in that in that aspect, especially if we loved each other, you know, loved each other at, at some point. You know, I just can't see it in myself to be a hater to another human being, not someone that, I was in love with at one point in time. So I think that Megan Thee Stallion just basically wanted to kind of put her narrative out there. You know, she probably was like, okay, it's too many, it's too many headlines going against me today. Let me go and do a live so that I can make sure that, you know, my, my narrative um, is placed out there as well. And so, you know, so the stories just won't be um, one-sided. And then another thing that she mentioned, too, during her live rant, um, she did touch on um, the Tory Lanez-Kelsey situation as well. Um, Basically, she was just saying that, you know, the person that she said shot her, Tori, um, she's standing on that, and that's why he's in jail now, um, because she still know that Tori was the one. Um, Tori was the one that shot her, um, and um, she just felt like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it just, 
it's just too much when it comes to Megan the Stallion. She's just one of those people that when she first came on the scene, you know, she she nice body and everything. You she she can flow. You know, you respected her and her craft and everything, but over time it's just like it's just certain people in this world that's problematic and she just comes off as one of those individuals as being a very problematic type of person but even with me saying that again I am empathetic to her womanly um womanly needs and her um decision to just better herself as a person I do commend her for that you know Again, what does that consist of, becoming a better person? Who knows? Will she drink less? Will she, you know, I don't know, find a man and settle down and start a family and have kids and, you know, things of that nature. I don't know what that consists of for her um, because she just seems like she's a, she's a quote-unquote hot girl. So I don't know, you know, seems like she just, she likes to kind of be the life of the party. She usually is the life of the party. You know, she likes to have fun, have excitement going on around her and her life. I don't see Megan the Stallion just being boring. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't see her living a boring life. So I'm interested to see what this new era of Megan um, will consist of and how she will act and be. I'm sure she's still going to be shaking her ass, you know, shaking her ass on Instagram. And, you know, when she goes on music tours and things of that nature. So I, yeah, I, I'm just waiting to see what, what the, what's that going to be. And um, as for partisan, I think I'm going to check out his um his project, his recent music project. Because like I said, he has been a gross writer for many people. Um he has written songs for like Cardi B and a lot of other individuals as well. So I'm sure he has a good project out and I'm definitely going to check it out as well because I am a music connoisseur. And speaking of that being a connoisseur of music, I do plan on um, starting uh, music reviews. Um, they will be on my YouTube page at Straightforward, S-T-R, the number 8, F-W-D, with Miss B um, on YouTube. So definitely want, definitely follow the channel. Um, hit your notification so you can be notified when new episodes come out. And, uh, yeah, so be watching out for the music reviews. Okay. All right, so our next topic of discussion. Since we were kind of talking about relationships to a certain degree, I wanted to touch on quickly about the Tamar Braxton, um, Tommy from Love and Hip Hop, and, and this Caucasian man that Tamar is dating, right? So Tamar Braxton, as you know, she is the youngest sister um, of the uh, legendary singer um, Tony Braxton, Tamar herself. I definitely ain't going to take it away from her. She can sing her ass off too. Um, so Tamar basically um, went on, 
she was on this like dating type of show. I forgot what the name was called, Queen something. And she met a guy. Um, I believe he's an attorney. Um, from what I hear and what the streets are saying, he basically had like five kids. Um, I believe three or four different uh, baby mamas. Um, but she met this guy on this show and they started dating. I want to say maybe last year, if I'm not mistaken. So they dated for some time and then months ago, a couple of months ago, Tamar, um, Tamar's vehicle was broken into. Um, and she, um, of course, you know, went to Instagram, showed the surveillance footage of that. You know, she was all shook up about that. Then shortly after that, he supposedly left her, right? He left her. No one really knew why they stopped dating. Um, but that was that. And then after they started date, stopped dating, then Next thing you know, we see Tommy from Love and Hip Hop. She's basically on a date with the dude, with the dude, um, at a basketball game. And so you know Tommy being messy, she's making sure, you know, this occasion is recorded on video so she can flaunt it online, show she's with Tamar Man, blah, blah, blah. And everybody was all gagged about that. Tamar and Tommy started going back and forth online. You know, Tamar is calling her crackhead. And, you know, Tommy had her jabs and all this type of shit <laughs> going on. And then time passed, maybe, maybe about a month or whatever, um, Pass, and now we see Tamar took the man back. Tamar and the man is back together again, and all you see, like on the comments, um, comments section, is everybody is like, "No, Tamar, why did you get back with this dude? And what is going on? This is not the dude for you." Blah 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 blah. Like literally, nobody, nobody likes this man, right? Because he comes off as being manipulative. Um, yeah, he just, he doesn't seem real. You know what I mean? With his intentions. Um, but hey, that's her man. She know him better than we do. Um, however, um, at a recent um, tour stop at Tamar's concert, um, she basically had a little bit, you know, like a little intermission section in her concert and she was like yeah y'all see i had to get my man back you know she's talking to the audience or whatever whatever and then she called she calls tommy a crackhead or whatever <laughs> again so that set tommy off again and then tommy basically did a live video and she went on to talk about um you know she was showing receipts she was just talking about how um, the dude was basically thirsty and, um, Tommy said that the dude basically, you know, 
she knew that the dude was not her type. The dude is not her type. And she was just basically doing some shit just to get Tamar riled up um, because the dude was acting all thirsty. She said the dude basically, you know, she was saying how the dude has a mediocre uh, suburban home here in Atlanta and how he drives a Bentley. However, she drives a Rolls, a double R Rolls Royce. Um, and she talked about, she knew she, she knew he wasn't the one for her or her type because they went to the Waldorf Hysteria, um, hotel, which is a luxury hotel. Um, and he paid for the room using his reward reward points. <laughs> she said he used reward points to pay for the room. And she said that he also ate her ass <laughs> that night as well. <laughs> and so she basically was just trying to tell Tamar, like woman to woman, hey, your man is a creep. He ain't worth it. And if he would do all these things with me and tell me all of your business, um, he is definitely not the man that you need to be with. So she was kind of giving Tamar a warning, but just at the same time was throwing a lot of shade to Tamar. And it just looks so, it just made Tamar, although it made Tommy look crazy after she said all of this, but you can kind of just expect those type of things to come out of Tommy's mouth. Um, but more, most importantly, it just definitely made Tamar look like a total jerk for just, you know, taking this man back as her boyfriend. It's like Tamar, like... The writings on the wall, child, like how many red flags do you need to know that this is not the guy for you? I swear the best dude I think that Tamar has ever had was Vincent, the father of her son. Um, even though Vincent is not the most handsome looking thing in the world, but he seems as though he really cared for Tamar. He showered her with love. Um, nice home gifts and all kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? He seemed like he was a really nice guy. I'm sure there was some things that made them finally get a, get a divorce, but just from the outside looking in, he seems as though he was a much better catch than this, um, than this white guy. Now the color of his skin don't really matter. Um, in this situation at all, at all, but, at the same time, it's like, you know, you have men out here, no matter what, what color of their skin is, the man themselves would just be a piece of shit. You know what I'm saying? Just a piece of shit. And you can just see it. So I think that Tamar may, maybe she don't have a good judge of character because there ain't no way. I mean, there ain't no way in hell that I will be able to like let another woman who's in the public eye show me receipts. Tell me 
that me and me and my man, I mean, her and uh, my man went to the hotel and he ate my ass and expect me to, t- I mean, ate her ass and expect me to take him back and, and expect me to still be with the dude. Oh, oh no. Oh no. Tamar got to learn her worth, man. She can't be down that bad. She can't be this lonely um, to accept that. Now, I don't know these people personally. I don't know this guy personally. But I know people, I know men like him that can be very manipulative, charismatic, smooth, will really pull the wool over your eyes like they will love bomb you. Even the things that he would go online and say, you just know they are full of shit. Like he said this whole apology type of thing that he saying that he loved Tamar and all of that, but he, he didn't mention nothing about the fact that he went to the hotel and ate Tommy's ass. It's like, dude, if you're going to come forth with the truth and how you feel, you need to be able to tell it all. Shoot, the information is already made public. You might as well tell it all. Say what it is. So it's like he's slick. And Tamar, and he an attorney too. You know, they say attorneys love to lie. Come on now, Tamar. Girl, do better. You can find somebody else. You can find somebody else. This is just not, this is not the guy. So I hope that Tamar is being smart. If she is continuing to date this man, I hope that she has all of her ducks in order. I hope that she is keeping her, her side eyes, third eye all on him at all times. Don't let shit past her. And hopefully she'll see, eventually see him for who he is and let it go. That's what I hope for Tamar. And for women in general, we have to understand and know our worth. Our worth. I've been there myself. I've been with a man, probably only one, that lied all the t- lied for no reason, just pathological liar, manipulative, just was a bum, was a bum. You know what I'm saying? And it's like <clears throat> what I think that my issue, personal issue was, was the fact that maybe I felt like, and I think that a lot of women um, have this problem, we be feeling like sometimes we see the potential in a man and we believe that we can change him. You know what I'm saying? Like things about him, we believe that we can change or they would change. You know what I mean? After time has passed, he'll get better. But oftentimes that does not happen, especially when it's with a person who just a bum. So, You know, we just, women, we just have to learn to snap out of that shit. It ain't what we think it is, and we need to know that quickly. 
Like, we shouldn't allow six months, 12 months, one year, two years pass by and we still dealing with the bomb. We need to be able to recognize shit quickly and just let it go. Like, really pay attention to those red flags because they be there. They be present all the time. But we overlook this shit and we say, damn, he ain't going to do that the next time. I know. I just know he ain't going to do that the next time. But it just be the same shit over and over and over. You know what I'm saying? So all of us women, we need to definitely um, understand that we are worthy. We are worthy to be treated well. We are worthy to be respected um, by men. And, uh, yeah, it's okay to be single until until that person comes along. Um, yeah. And so outside of that, of course, you know, Sean Diddy Combs, his situation, it just continued to get worse and worse and worse. The Grammys, basically, people are trying to boycott him from attending the Grammys. I think that his love album is up for a grand R&B um, nomination this year, um, but they don't want him to be in attendance um, at the Grammys. Also, there were about 18, 20 companies, I believe, um, have pulled advertising dollars, I want to say from Revolt, if I'm not mistaken, or one of his companies, Um so, yeah, things are just continuing to happen um, with Diddy and his situation, and it's very, very unfortunate. Um, it's very, very, very unfortunate for him. Um, but my thoughts on that whole Diddy situation, definitely tune in to the, um, our previous episode, um, Podcast 68. Definitely check that out, and you will hear my opinions on that. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I wanted to get into today on this, um, episode. Um, as always, don't forget, um, thank you for supporting me and continuing to listen. Um, definitely if you have ideas for topics, you can always send them in, um, business inquiries, you can send them in to straightforwardmedia at gmail.com. Or hit us up on all social media platforms at Straightforward um, with Miss B or Straightforward MSB. And uh, yeah, thank you again, you guys. And until next week, bye bye.